With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're going to talk about this buff schedule a little bit more. Um, so the way it's going to work, seven-game season, six of the games will be scheduled in the next week or so, and then the last game will be decided based on how you finish during those first six games. So if the Buffs take third, then they'll play whoever's third in the North Division. Um, a third in the South Division plays third in the North Division. And all, all the way through all of those numbers, that's how that works. Um, for the first six games, though, they're going to play the five teams that uh, are in their division. And then they're going to play one team from the other division. Um we don't know what that other team is going to be for Colorado. Uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about today is which team would you want the Buffs to play from the Pac-12 North? Um, and after that, we're going to talk about some of the college football games that are coming up this week. Um, and that's, like I said, the plan for today. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to talk a little bit more about Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is the place to go if you are needing any sort of dental care. Um, I know that uh, our sales director, Lindsay, was out there in Lakewood at Green Mountain Dental Group. It's about 15 minutes away from downtown Denver um, a couple of months ago so that she could get her wisdom teeth out. And she said that it was the best experience she's ever had with a dentist. So trust her. And uh, the best part is if you go out there, not only are you going to a family-owned business that's run by Colorado sports fans and also supporting us at DMVR by supporting one of our partners, but you're also uh, going to get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group. So get on that because uh, it's a free toothbrush and a good one. So don't waste this opportunity. Okay, um, so yeah, um, I should say there are, I guess, only one real note, uh, and this is some good news. Uh, Brian Howell tweeted uh, from the Boulder Daily Camera, you guys all know who he is, um, lots of questions about whether the CU Buffs can practice outside of Boulder because of the public health order. For now, that order expires October 8th. Pac-12 teams can't begin preseason camp until 29 days before the November 6th and 7th openers. That means camp start. October 8th or 9th. So that fits perfectly with uh, the buffs. And I almost wonder if that was something that they decided on because they knew the buffs were in this situation so they could level the playing field. Um, practices can start now. Uh, obviously, there will be a difference between the practices that teams will have over the course of the next two weeks and those that they'll have once camp is allowed to officially start October 8th or 9th. Um, but yeah, some good news. Uh, still a bit of a disadvantage for Colorado because they can't get any work in right now. Um, you know, the, the Pac-12 has been allowing teams to do like the 12 hours of work per week. And yesterday they said that 
they can begin practicing immediately, but camp can't start. So I don't know exactly what the uh, rules are um, regarding what counts as a practice and what starts as fall or counts as fall camp, but uh, less of a disadvantage than we expected. Okay, uh, so digging in the schedule, like I said, uh, you play the other five teams in your division, you play one team from the other division, and then at the end of the year, you'll play another team from the other division based on where you finish up. So uh, again, Colorado finishes second, they'll play whoever's second, they finish first, they play obviously whoever's first in the Pac-12 championship. Um, so yeah, uh, let's just dig into these North Division teams and try to figure out who we want the Buffs to play. Um, to me, there are a few things that I'm really looking for when I'm trying to decide who the Buffs have the best chance of beating. Um, and obviously, like, it's just based on what plays to CU's strengths. And right now, I'd say the strengths are the running offense and the running defense. You know, I really like the secondary, but it's a young group. And until we see them prove it, I uh, feel much better saying we'd like to go up against a team that runs the ball 60 or 70% of the time versus a team that passes 60 or 70% of the time. Um, On top of that, in particular, when you're looking at these passing offenses, uh, I'm not all that excited to go up against bigger receivers. Uh, You look at the corners that the Buffs have, and even the safeties, and they're all, not all of them, but for the most part, a little bit small. Obviously, like, KJ Trujillo is the the smallest of the group. Um, And some of these teams, especially, like, you know, USC, which obviously isn't a part of this conversation because they're in the Pac-12 South, they just have so many like six foot three, six foot four receivers who are very athletic. And that is going to cause a lot of problems for this buff secondary, unless they really are taking a big step in their development this year, which, you know, is very much on the table. But yeah, before I bank on that, I want to bank on uh, Mustafa Johnson and Jalen Sami and Terrence Lang, all those guys up front, as well as, uh, the linebackers, led by Nate Landman. Um, I think that this run defense is going to be solid, and the defense as a whole could be very good. Honestly, what I think might be best is that pass rush. But again, you're just leaving yourself open to getting burned on the back end, especially because, remember, the Buffs really had a big play problem last year. I remember talking to Mel Tucker once when he said, you know, our goal is to give up under, what was it? I think it was like I think you want to give up like two point eight yards per play or something like that. Um, what was that exact number? It's somewhere on the the DNVR website, and it will. Uh, I might have to go look through that. Um, but he said like you know if you get rid of like the four plays from last week that were over thirty yards or over twenty yards, then we did that. Problem is we gave up too many big plays. I don't see that changing this year. Um, I'm high on the secondary. But it's still just so young that going through a season without giving up, you know, the one to two to three big plays per game might be a little bit too much to ask. Um, You never know, though. 
You never know, though. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for. A weak passing game and hopefully smaller receivers, more of the shifty type guys than the big go up and jump over KJ Trujillo kind. Offensively, like I said, I like that offensive line. I like those running backs. Um, and to be honest, I like the Buffs receivers too. They aren't USC's receivers, um, and they don't have USC's quarterback. Uh, but so until they prove that they are a legitimate passing offense, I'm looking for holes in the run defense for opponents. And I think that that's ideal. So let's dig in. Um, you know, I think the favorite in the Pac-12 North has to be Oregon. Such a good team. They lose Justin Herbert, and that'll hurt the passing game. But it's it's not like that was an air raid offense before. They were mostly pounding the rock with C.J. Verdell anyway. Um, to be honest, it's not a terrible matchup um, for those reasons. You know, it is a new quarterback, and it, it is a team that is going to run the ball a lot. The problem is... They are really, really good at running the ball, and their defense might have the best secondary in all of college football. And you look in, you look at what's in front of that secondary, and you could easily make the argument that they have the best linebackers, best defensive line in the Pac-12 too. Um, that's just a really, really talented team um, that uh, I don't think you would ever choose to play. Um, unless you're like, you know, scheduling, and you're trying to have a competitive schedule, all that stuff. But when it's all just luck of the draw, you're hoping to get as many wins as you can. Obviously not Oregon. Um, behind Oregon, it gets a little bit shaky. Um, you know, you have teams like Washington that have been around for a while. It at that like top level of the Pac-12 or consistently right below that top level. Um, they uh, weren't quite as good last year, though. And meanwhile, you have a team like Cal that uh, does not have the history of success, um, at least recently. And last year, they uh, they played really well under Justin Wilcox, the new head coach there. Um those two teams, I think, are very much on the same level. And they're only like a half step ahead of Stanford. The reason Stanford isn't right there is because I just don't trust them. There's more bust potential with that team. Um, so Cal and Washington. With Cal, you have Chase Garbers, a quarterback I really like. Uh, oh, it's Chris Smith, I believe, is the running back who I think is one of the best running backs in the Pac-12. Um, defensively, uh, a, a solid group of linebackers, even though they did lose... Uh, wow, I'm blanking on names. It's, I guess I haven't really thought about the names in forever. 89, who's the guy who was number 89 last year? Um, went to the NFL, he's slow, he's just a pure tackler. Um, it'll come to me. It'll definitely come to me. But... Uh, even without their like defensive captain and NFL guy in the middle, it's still a solid group. And again, I, if you had to pick one, I, I'm honestly not sure where I'd go. I'd probably try to play Cal 
just because Washington's defense has so many pieces that you just have to like. Um, you know, with Levi on, uh, let's see how he's on Wuzurike. There we go. Um, defense, uh, defensive lineman. You have Joe Treon, the linebacker, Elijah Molden, the corner, like at every level, you have a very good top level playmaker. Whereas with Cal, it's more about like the depth everywhere. And you don't have these guys that you say, Hey, you know what? Unless you're a a very good Pac-12 athlete, you know, somebody who should have been like a four or five star coming in, you're going to have trouble. And I think that Levi Onwazurike is one of the guys who can just totally shut down an entire running game. Um, Yeah, Uh, so those are my thoughts there. Um, Quoney Dang from Cal, the linebacker, Cam Bynum, like they just aren't quite up to that level. Um, So yeah, I go, do not want to play Oregon. Do not want to play Washington second. Do not want to play Cal third. Uh, Stanford, like I said, um, is fourth. But there is that's that's one that I could talk myself into. You know, it, it's tough when you do have like a pretty clear separation between a, a team like Stanford and then teams like Washington State and Oregon State, which I still think are bringing up the rear in this conference. But with Stanford, you know, they do have the very good offensive line. They have solid receivers. You know, it's a pro-style offense. And I guess maybe that's why I feel more comfortable. It isn't something where they're just throwing the ball around and beating you up. It isn't like going up against Lincoln Riley or going up against Mike Leach even. And I think that there's a comfort in knowing what to expect Um, defensively solid but you know uh, the the anchor of that defense is uh definitely um the uh cornerback uh that's the Paulson Adebo that's his name um who was an all-american as a freshman took a little step back last year um and the year before I guess and is now back as a senior um he's he scares me he does scare me um yeah, I think that that's probably enough on them. Um, it's kind of fun, like, going back, because I hadn't honestly thought about, like, all of these different teams in so long. Um, so then now you get down to the two that you really would be picking from. And to me, it's kind of an easy decision um, between Washington State and Oregon State if you just go back to what I was saying uh, to start this whole thing, which is I want to go against teams that want to run the ball. I don't want to go up against an air raid team. Weird things happen. Washington State, no longer an air raid, I guess. Now they're running the run and shoot. Um, but they're going to have a new quarterback, whoever they choose. They didn't have any spring practices. Um, the run and shoot is honestly very similar to the air raid. The key difference being like in the air raid, every receiver just runs their route. Um, then so if it's called every like receiver... Points. Uh, runs their route which as you could guess is mostly just slants Um, the difference with the run and shoot is that the receivers read the defense 
and make a decision. Um, do they sit down in the space? Do they break interact? So, so it's not just a pure here is what's happening on this play. It's here's the, what the options are based on what you see from the defense. And, you know, with no spring practices, with that being a new system, with Nick Rolovich coming in from Hawaii, with a new quarterback who doesn't even have likely much experience with these receivers, I think I'm not sure who's in the lead for that quarterback job right now. But, uh, you know, one of the big recruits was a guy that Nick Rolovich brought with him from Hawaii. He was a high schooler at Honolulu, and uh, he could just be the guy playing college football, similar to the Brendan Lewis situation. You know, he's, he's showing up in a new offense, but the difference is that offense is going to rely a lot more on the quarterback than Colorado's. And I'm not gonna lie. I almost just talked myself into Washington state, but, uh, the difference is the defense. You look at Washington state's defense and there just isn't all that much that you uh that you like honestly um jihad woods the linebacker is a name worth knowing the safety i guess is probably worth knowing um but yeah there just isn't a whole lot to like about that defense and i think that that is one of the very few defenses in the conference that i'm willing to say like colorado would just line up and run it over um, you know, as much as I like the offensive line and the running backs, like there, there's just a separation in talent between what Colorado has and what Oregon and USC have. And, you know, it's kind of like this whole spectrum thing and Colorado is definitely near the lower tier. Um, but this Washington state defense just is not scary at all. Um, you know, Again, I I can almost talk myself into Washington State. And I think the reason that I don't is just that even if Colorado's running over this defense, they're they're still going to likely be playing a high-scoring game. I don't think that that run-and-shoot offense can just be that bad right off the bat that it doesn't put up points in the 20s and i think that colorado is probably capped in the 20s this year um and that's why i'm going with oregon state um maybe some more top level talent with oregon state which does scare me um jamar jefferson back from injury um maybe the best running back in the conference you know cj verdell's right there uh, chris brown who we talked about is right there that's probably it. I think Alex Fontenot is that next tier below. Um, but you have Jamar Jefferson. And then on defense, you have uh, Hamilcar Shed, one of the best pass rushers um, in the entire conference, top three pass rusher in the conference. Um, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but he put up like a crazy number of sacks last year. Um but behind those guys, I just don't like a lot. And then you then you dig into the history of it all. You know, then you look back and say, okay, um, in the last three years, Oregon State has the worst record in the Pac-12 North. They're five and twenty-two in the last three years. 
Um, second worst in the Pac-12 North is Washington State. They aren't five and twenty-two. They're sixteen and eleven. That is a huge, huge difference. And uh, the numbers are actually just kind of crazy. You know, Washington State plus three point seven points per game. Oregon State minus 16.7 points per game in that time span, minus 125 yards per game. The answer is still Oregon State. The answer is still you want to play Oregon State the most. You know, I I think Washington State's right in front of them. I didn't even bring up Max Borgie, but Max Borgie also scares me. Like, he's spreading out that defense, and he's also running the ball. Um, And he's right there in that conversation with that, those elite running backs. I totally forgot him. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I stand is Oregon State's who you want to play. Washington State's right behind them. Uh, Will Gap and then Stanford. And then after that, uh, if if you're getting a, a Cal or a Washington or an Oregon, you've got to be pretty disappointed in your draw. That's just how it all shakes out. Um, Let's take a quick break and talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Uh, It's such good stuff. If you haven't tried it yet, then you're missing out. Um, You can get the Strawberry Sky, the Avalanche Amber Ale, the uh, Vanilla Porter Jr. Uh, Is there anything else that I really like? I I, I I, I can't remember if it was on this podcast or not, but I haven't had Colorado Core in a long time, and I would really like one of those. Um, if you want to try any of these beers, it's super easy. Um, obviously, you can come to the DMVR bar. Um, there are plenty of other bars. Most bars have them. Um, most liquor stores, grocery stores, um, wherever you go to get your food or your beer normally probably has them if you live in Colorado. They're in 36 states. Um, but if you want to try one particular beer, go to the Breckenridge Brewery website and use the beer locator to figure out where you can pick up whatever beer it is that you want to try. Um, also, want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, Strava Craft is CBD infused coffee that is changing lives. Um, whether you have anxiety or depression, some sort of like mental illness or um, something physical like back pain or IBS or whatever could be afflicting you, there's a good chance that CBD will at least have some effect. And so there's no reason not to try it out. Um, Strava is, again, CBD infused coffee. It's not psychoactive. You can get a whole bunch of different forms, whether you want the grounds or the beans or uh, the K-cups. So many options. So try that out. You can also come down to the DMVR bar and try some of that. Um, and the best part is if you use the code DMVR20, then you can save 20% off your first order. Or you can subscribe to a product um, like the K-Cups or whatever and get that delivered every two, four, six, or eight weeks. No, two, three, four, five, six, or eight weeks. Um, and you can get 20% off on all of those orders. Um, you don't even have to think about it. You just sign up and then you just have your coffee delivered and, uh, you get a discount. So do that. Okay. Um, I want to talk about some of these college football games. 
this is the DraftKings pick of the week. And it's actually four picks because DraftKings has an awesome special going on where if you parlay four different college football games, you get a 20% profit boost. Uh, for those of you who aren't betters, parlays basically mean like you're not just betting on Colorado to win. You beat you bet Colorado to win and a couple of other things as well. Like uh, you could say, I think Oregon's going to win too and Alabama. And then you have three picks on one bet and you have to hit all three. You have to be right about all three to make money. Um, but because you're betting three things, you can get great odds. Um, the four picks that I chose um, give you odds of plus 1,400. Um, and I got logged out during all this talking. If you use the uh, boost, then that jumps to plus 1,700. So that means like if you, if you bet $10, um, normally the bet would pay out, um, well, I guess you'd win $140 plus you get your $10 back. So you pay out 150 instead with a 20% bonus, you'd actually get paid out 180. So it's pretty good value. And this is actually kind of a tough week of games to pick, um, because I don't love a bunch of the matchups outside of the sec and with the SEC, we still haven't seen any games played. So it's kind of like week one betting. It is week one betting for them. Um, but here's what I went with. Here are my four. Um, two ACC, starting with Louisville and Pittsburgh. Uh, Louisville is the underdog, and I took them to win the game, plus 118 odds. Bet $10, win um, $11.80. Pays out like twenty one eighty then. Um and the reason is because I really like that offense. And it didn't show up the way it needed to against Miami last week. But Miami's a lot better than Pittsburgh. And I think that because they have that loss on the record, they're getting hit a little bit too hard by Vegas on you know the expectations for this week. Um, and you look at that offense and say, wow, this is explosive. And Malik Cunningham, the quarterback, has looked really good. Except for... Uh, except for against Miami when the pass rush beat him down. I, I'm not too worried about that with Pittsburgh, at least not comparatively. Um, and then you remember that Pittsburgh's offense isn't great. And, you know, even when Louisville was able to put up points and they were able to move the ball down the field, it was just that their defense couldn't stop Miami and keep them in it. Uh, I don't think that's the case against Pittsburgh. I'm taking Louisville to win. A second game, Florida State at Miami. I'm taking Miami to win by more than 12, um, which is even odds. Um, reason is we just saw what Miami can do. Uh, if you guys listen to the draft podcast, you've heard us talk about how good Derek King looked. Um, and he looked really good. He looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country. That team has a lot of nice pieces that tight end Brevin Jordan, like that's just such a nice piece to have teams with good tight ends win a lot of games. Um, you look at Florida State, and there's stuff you like there. You know, Marvin Wilson, the defensive lineman, is going to be stealing all the headlines. He's going to be a top 10 pick next year. But Miami's just uh, on a different level. Um, honestly, I think Miami's closer to Clemson than they are Florida State. Um, they're favored by 12 points. I, I like them to win by more than that. Um, getting in the SEC, 
there are a couple games that I picked. Uh, first, Alabama-Missouri. I don't really like picking these games where you have huge favorites. Bama's supposed to win by 28. But I think it happens. They're just so talented all the way through that team. I do kind of worry about the quarterback situation. I wasn't impressed with uh, that guy last year, Mac, whatever. Uh, the receivers are so good, though. The running game should be so good. The defense, like, 28 is fine. Then you look at Missouri and remember, they actually are going to be without 12 players this week because of COVID. Um, who knows if more is on the way. I guess if they've contained it to those 12, there's a good chance that that's it. But, uh, yeah, this just this is going to be a Bama blowout to start out the season. Um, love them to uh, cover minus 28. Auburn against Kentucky, hosting Kentucky. Um, I think that the separation between these teams is more than a touchdown, I guess is what it comes down to. I like Kentucky. Um, good offensive line, good running backs, uh, a good dual threat quarterback. Auburn just is better, you know, and, and a lot of this is going to rely on what Bo Nix looks like. The quarterback now is a sophomore after being, you know, solid last year for being a true freshman. If he takes a step forward, then covering minus seven should be no big deal. Again, I'd be a lot more comfortable if we would have seen these teams play already. Um, But that is what I am expecting from these guys. Okay, um, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, We'll be back uh, with another episode of this podcast soon. I'll see you then.